You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Here we go. Final segment, episode seven of Red Button Day. Introducing three top. Three top. One top, two top, three top. We're going to do it the same order that we have. David is still sitting in with us for three top with a guest. I don't know that he's going to have a top, but he's definitely going to provide commentary Yo. on our top. And maybe he'll decide halfway through. But here we go. We're going to go with Sumeria. Pandora. Pandora. What do I want to call it? Eldrick. Okay. Uh-huh, I like that. We'll All right. Eldrick. All right. All right. So we're going to start Hayden, Malcolm, Wade. We're going to go first with Hayden. Sumeria, what is it? Okay, so, you know, uh, I forget what episode it was in when we talked about our favorite... Oh, it was episode two. We talked about our favorite time in history. And I said um, mine was just anything ancient. Ancient is what you said, yeah. Super ancient. So, I really just wanted to give a broad spectrum approach at uh, Sumeria and just talk about a few of the cool things that a lot of people don't realize came from Sumeria. Okay. And it's also the oldest known mesopotamian civilization period okay um enlighten us okay so sumeria was about four thousand bc so you know six thousand years ago um and they were like the first they weren't like you know of course the first like civilized people or anything like that they were the first ones to put together cities like nobody had built like a legit city city until the sumerians did and actually, in, in the construct of what being as in a building city, it up, like, like people had like lived bi- together, yeah, in the like past, buildings but... with people that live there, and there's like a government and a system and a society, okay. like okay. Oh, an cool. actual city. No one had; they were the first, at least as far as what archaeological record we have. They're the oldest. Got it. They built cities. Um, so they were in like southern Iraq, where the Tigris and Euphrates come together. Heard of it. Um, and so they were kind of like the Egyptians. They just like farmed a lot. They built really fancy irrigation systems off the rivers to do all their um, crops, um, which I'll talk more about crops here in a minute. But um, don't we love we love crops? Crops. Uh, so uh, what they're basically really famous for is they invented cuneiform, which is like the oldest form of like actually writing with letters, right? Um, and then they also invented the wheel. Nobody knows that. Or not many people know that, but so the then wheel. they probably also invented language when they dropped the wheel on their foot. Mentioned <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, in the swearing episode. Yeah, so you know, I mentioned they live in cities. So, or they were the first ones to build cities. So they were the first one to build cities, and they also ended up in their first like five hundred years. You know, other cities popping up here and there. They ended up having the largest city. Um, the city was called, um, if I could pronounce this right. Uh, Uruk, U U R U K, Uruk. Probably what I would throw at it. Uh, but it had eighty thousand people that potentially lived in this city, and then we're talking, you know, four thousand BC here. Like yeah, a, a city like that. Um, so it was walled. It had a big pyramid in the middle. Um, and that's how most of their cities went. There was about twelve city states that had made up all of. Did Sumeria. it give you like a square mileage? Uh, estimation or 
Oh, like how big the city yeah. is? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, man, uh, I saw it. I want to say that Uruk's wall, because like that was pretty much the standard design, was wall around the outside, pyramid, temple in the middle, all the people lived around. Huh. Um, but I want to say it was like two or four miles. It was something really big, um, was how big Uruk was, as far as its perimeter wall. So, yeah, I guess about... You know, modern day boroughs, so to speak. Oh yeah, you know, tightly mean, packed. It was big, um, but like I said, it was a wall. It was a pyramid in the middle. Um, they made their homes out of mud bricks and reeds and whatever, so that wasn't too fancy. Um, but they are hardcore complex irrigation systems, um, kind of like the Egyptians. Um, but they they had a whole bunch of cities. Like I said, there was like twelve city states, kind of like how Greece was. You know, it was all different. Just there was a king for every city. Sure, you know. And they fought all the time. Okay, they like literally, they were always at war with each other. And so, what actually happens, you know, when people make war a lot, they kind of get better at, at war. And you know, then you get a little better at this, and you get a little better at that. And so, if you're always warring, or to, you're not around to war anymore, right. <laughs> I mean, either you get better, or there's but no more war for you. They ended up being very advanced people at war. And one of the things that they're also credited with is the phalanx stance. Like, you know, how, like, the 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 Spartans, like, the whole grouping up and being able to cover your, your shield, sides. covering the, you know, back and shoulder. They're the, the ones that invented that. That's very cool. Um, so that's another warfare tactic that came from Sumeria. Uh, they were also one of the oldest civilizations that have a woman king. So refresh my, my uh, geography a little bit with their relation to Greece. Uh, it's Iraq, so it's in, you know... It's uh, on the Mediterranean, right? Uh, no. Iraq doesn't coast into the Mediterranean. Mm. Um, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and all them do, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Iraq's north of that. South. Mm. Yeah, southeast. Yeah, southeast. Got it. Okay. But yeah, all that, all you know, the Euphrates and the Tigris, if I'm not mistaken, actually keep flowing up, keep flowing up, and that's when they go into Egypt and become the Nile. Okay. Okay, like I'm just I'm just kind of curious how of, that. If you're thinking of maybe Babylon, that's Iraq. No, I'm just kind of thinking on on how that type of you know ideal ideology Travels got to upstream. got to Greece and that's true. that model of warfare and all that started. Okay, so I have so the answer. I have the answer to that. So they were like hardcore travelers and traders because there was only so much you could get in the desert, right? You know, especially if you're going to be an advanced city state. Where you, you had a full functioning society, people need things. Yeah, I mean, you're not running to CVS. Right. <laughs> so they were like hardcore traders. And actually, um, I had the word written down. The Yeah, here it is. So they were very well-traveled. And they they traded with a lot of places that were really far away, actually. Like, they actually traded with Africa. Um, they actually had the word for Egypt and Ethiopia. It was like Magan and... Mela Uha. Okay. <laughs> I'm not good at these words. Um, but like they were actually, I mean, they, they have on record basically that they were trading with these people that were hundreds of miles away from them. Um, like traveling all over like North, almost into Europe, trading with everyone. Huh. So they were a very established civilization. Like old school Silk Road kind of trading. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, Another cool thing that's really famous about them is uh, the. Has you ever heard of the Epic of Gilgamesh? I've have heard you of heard it. Of that. So it's basically like the oldest poem, like anyone has essentially, and it's a a poem about a like 
like uh, as far as their historic record goes, an actual person. It supposedly he was supposed to be a king of Sumeria in like like three thousand BC, and he goes on. It's the Epic of Gilgamesh, and it's just this journey he goes on, and it's he does a bunch of crazy things. But one thing that's really neat is uh, that the they talk about like how there's still the native tribe people. Like Sumeria is is the only place where there's like a city, and everyone that lives outside of them were like beast people, is how they refer to them in like the Gilgamesh. Okay. In the epic, of, it's it's just. Oh, I'd mentioned a minute ago about the fact that they were also the first nation to have a woman leader, mm-hmm. um, and she actually like her dynasty and her family and her family name actually lasted over a hundred years of Sumerian like history. And is actually super famous and is like, you know, in their lin- they have like a very detailed lineage of every king and like worship them after they're dead kind of thing. And uh, like she's right up there as one of the greatest for them. Huh. And I thought that was really neat that, you know. You so you and I talked off air and I just asked you a question about geography, but you and I talked off air uh, before we even started uh, segment one of this episode about Sumeria and Samaria. And the Good Samaritan, where the the phrase the Good Samaritan came from. So when you just told me where Sumeria was mm-hmm. in modern day Iraq, is that what you said? Yes. So that's not far no. from Samaria but this is, with this an is S A. This is much older than the time. Like we're talking like four thousand years prior. Sure, 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 sure. I'm, I'm just yeah. talking about two different countries, I suppose, that aren't. I didn't realize were not necessarily that far away. Yeah, from one another, with basically the same, same name. name. Yeah, hmm. it is interesting. So I just that's why I guess I was wondering the more the geography of it. So, so I said I was going to bring up the fact that the the crops thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is like the running theory of of how Samaria became to be. So, somewhere along the lines, somebody figured out that grains were a good thing, that they were easy to grow and they could figure out how to grow it, and they actually think that the first thing they learned to do with it was actually to put it in water and let it sit and drink it and eat eat the mesh, and just, like, it's just a food for them, and that the fact that beer is actually the thing that made them start mass agriculture and that turned into making a city and that's they're actually the ones credited with being like the ultimate people that went from being hunter gatherers to figuring out beer and making cities so that they could make beer how about that it's that's my favorite part maybe that's why beer is such a social drinking beer is such a social thing having a drink yeah i mean uh it it, it just it's really cool because they, they don't really know how it happened but they they know as early as the earliest stuff that the Sumerians wrote down they were brewing beer, and like they kind of take the the lead on all other civilizations of having record of making beer. Well, you said that they were super invested in grain. Well, yeah, that's, so they were probably figuring out everything they could do with that grain. Well, here the theory is actually that beer came before bread. That like they figured out that allowing the beer to ferment and the yeasts to grow, like in the beer because you know they don't add yeast there's just natural yeast on barley and grains and stuff like that right. when they do their thing it naturally ferments with the yeast that are in it and that just cultivates more yeast and then they started to learn that they could make bread out of the yeast that comes off of the beer so i thought that was kind of neat oh yeah but, it is so they built their cities 
because of they literally built their beer. cities because of beer. That's awesome. So that they could, because obviously, if you're going to have a farm, you're not nomads anymore. You got to start building a house to live in, you know, because you're staying right there. You're not going anywhere. So that turns, and if you're the guy that's good at making grain, people are going to want to be around you because you're the guy that has the beer. And then all of a sudden you've got a couple of people working together on this grain and et cetera. And it just keeps going and going and more and more people want to band together so they can all help grow grain so they can all get beer. Cause beer, when we're talking about what they made was like legitimately like food, a lot of calories, carbs, it was sustenance for them. For sure. So, I mean, it was just a natural process and it turned into cities. Nice. And societies and governments and religions and everything else that goes with it. Right. Nice. That's awesome, man. A um, couple other things that they are contributed with is uh, they, or not a couple things, the last thing I was going to say, uh, they invented the 60-second and 60-minute mi- hour. Oh? Yeah. So their mathematics were in 60, like, so instead of us going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, and then, like, everything's, like, on a 10-base system, the way we count and think about numbers, theirs was on 60s. So every, everything that they measured and did, it was always in like increments of 60s. And they broke everything down in those kinds of As ways. opposed to 1, 2. No, as, oppo- as opposed to lumping things in like 10, 20, 50, 100s. Like everything was like in ratios of it was Everything is broken down to 60s. Okay. I don't know. Instead of us saying 100%, they would say, you know, 60% or okay. something. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, just something I, silly like I that. Get the but that means 100 for Correlation, them. yeah. Okay. Uh but that, of course, faded in time, mathematics and all that kind of switched to being 10-based systems. But the only thing that stayed was counting time. And so the 60-second minute and the 60-minute hour are still something that across the world we use that came from Samaria as well. Huh. But they didn't invent the 24-hour day? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Hmm. Or the clock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, think sun, I think we're I think we're talking about like sundials and stuff here, right? Right. You know, but uh, which were already around, or yeah, no. yeah, or I mean, people have been doing stuff with the sun for since before cities, since for they sure. were just pushing rocks yeah. around. People have been figuring out the sun, so mm-hmm. who knows how far back that but they actually tracked it as a certain yeah. number yeah. as far as the time of the day, and they broke it down into a sixty minutes and an hour. That and, definitely, I mean, all, all of the examples that you're saying, that was a forward-thinking people they i mean they, they were next level for, for sure. sure i mean that that's what it sounds like right yeah i mean <clears throat> geometrically that's you said they created the wheel yep and they had a pyramid in the middle yeah i'm trying to think of what else they may have built their city up. because well, of beer yeah so <laughs> which they survived helped to help them survive well like one of the first things i said was cuneiform so cuneiform was Writing. so cuneiform yeah <laughs> like it was so advanced. Like, you know, the Egyptians and stuff had hieroglyphs, which were pictures. Yeah. You know, people did cave paintings to represent things, whatever. People have been write, technically writing stuff down, quote-unquote, you know, for a long time. But th- this is the first people that really put it into letters and numbers and where it's literally like this symbol means this. And it's just, you know, just like how we have an alphabet. Right. And it was so good at communicating and writing things down that it actually lasted for like 3,500 years and many, many, many other cultures ended up using cuneiform as the way, their way of writing. Like Before they tried to modify it? Before they tried right. to modify it. Like it stuck around a long time after this, their cities were, you know, 
no longer around and their civilization kind of crumbled like they their writing was still around for forever that was kind of cool and they i mean that's good stuff man again us just going back thinking going over the things that he said like how many are there there any theories that sumerians were aliens yes okay (laughs) no i uh I don't. Of course, I'm, I don't. I don't. They built solar panels or, around the Earth. A Dyson sphere. Mm-hmm. Did they come up with a Dyson sphere? No, but I will give a little bit of credit to uh, Ridley Scott, the Prometheus movie. Mm-hmm. So the Prometheus movie, the what he used as his interpretation for the the engineers, you know, the big dudes, the, the big dudes, yeah, the aliens. Um, those were he used. I'm sorry. He used Sumerian mythology to to do them because it's so in line with the fact that the Anunnaki is what they call their gods. Like, if you were to literally read it, how they wrote it down, you'd be like, "These are freaking aliens." Mm-hmm. Like, how is it not aliens? How like, there's no way any of all that that all matches up to just made it up. You know, it's one of those weird, freaky things. But I mean, I'm not really thinking that aliens were. <laughs> I'm not on that team, but it's just really intriguing and neat to read because you're just like, well, I mean, I've heard your theories. brain just goes there. You're just like, what? I mean, like, I, I've heard theories of them saying that about Egyptians. A certain this you know, one's way more, but, way more. But just you going through the writing of everything, the wheel, all of the technological advancements that they had over mm-hmm. people to think that I want to for see people what to, the wheel would look like though for people to I mean, come up with the fact that. You know, that they were possibly a technologically yeah. superior race is not necessarily crazy. Like, one other thing about cuneiform was because they were so good at it and they wrote everything down. So this is why we have such detailed history of of Sumeria is because they literally, would, the way they wrote things down was on a little little square piece of clay and they would use their little tool to make the cuneiform it was like dashes and lines is really what it looks like. Right. And they would just sit there and print it into the clay and then dry it out in the sun and have it on like a stone thing. Like, whereas literally like it's ceramic that's got a story on it. Mm. And you better mean what you say. And they have thousands of them. You can actually probably get on eBay and buy one right now because there are so many of them. Like anybody in Iraq could probably go walk around the desert and find one. Like hmm. they thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these, like they wrote everything down. So that's why our history of Sumeria, like it is like a tight, they've got every detail <laughs> like, because they wrote everything down and you can, there's dig sites where they just have hundreds you said that of there were, piles. There were a civilization of how many people you said they started with 80,000 or no, was that their just height? The, their biggest city had 80,000 people. Okay. There was up to 12, there was like 12 city states not all of them there were that was the biggest one so you could just average 50,000 yeah. but yeah i mean wow and they fought each other all the time and they conquered each other all the time and it was just a hellacious little few thousand years for them but a few thousand years and that was just one small pocket of the world yeah because i mean you're we're roughly talking crude numbers 600,000 700,000 people probably maybe you said they're all fighting each other yeah wow just getting smarter. Yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. But I, they're just one of the... Uh, you, uh, you know, I guess, like we said, and that's what what gets you going as far as like history goes. And 
it's that ancient stuff, man. They're just so neat. Hell yeah. Something triggered in my head and I I started, you know, having all these questions, putting it together a little bit. I think Malcolm and I kind of made eye contact and it hit both of us at the same time. Like, holy crap. This is like a big deal. Like, yeah, like you listed off, like there's a lot of different things <clears throat> that they've done. But my goodness. You wouldn't, I don't know, writing, wheel. There's so much. So many things that seriously impacted right, brewing yeah. beer, brewing beer. I mean, <laughs> I, well, there some area har- just harvesting grain. That kind of impact on cities today. The idea of a city, yeah, like with a government exactly. and, a, and a leader. The city limits, though. Think it, about that. Just next level type thinking. Cool anyway, stuff. I like it. That's cool one stuff. top, two top, one top, two top. What do you got on two top? All right, so, um, it's kind of one and a half topics because um have you heard of the world of avatar we were talking about this um i think was it two or three episodes ago we were talking about them building this anyways projects were or i guess if you include all the donations and everything for the project yeah it's been a while now yeah um if you include all the funding for this project for World of Avatar that they have now added to Animal Kingdom and um, is now open, actually it just opened on the 27th of May, um, co- cost them about $500 million. Oh, that's it? I thought you were going to drop a B. No. I literally thought you no. were about to say to build I was the gonna... Avatar world. That's just all the funding they got for it. Okay. Um <sighs> I'm sure they could still expand it, but if you happen to not know, have you seen Avatar, David? You've seen it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies ever. It's the best 3D movie I've ever seen. Wow, I could agree with that. Like, that was what I liked the most about it, is they shot it in 3D. It wasn't a bunch of Mm post-production 3D. They, like, built all the real sets and really filmed everything with big IMAX 3D cameras. Yeah. You know, and you could tell. Yeah. Because that's the worst when you go see a 3D movie and you can tell it's just all post-production 3D. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is in front of this and that's all the depth. That movie was like, you felt like you were there. Yeah, but because it of the... It was nuts. Because of the nice theatrics it has, like that 3D aspect you're talking about. Movie's almost three hours long, if not longer than that. But you don't feel like you're going to fall asleep anytime. Or at least I no. didn't. Just it's a good movie. kept me entertained for that long. Um as far as opening weekend numbers go, they weren't that high, but they do hold the record for um, worldwide record holder for um, money as in $2.78 billion. That's uh, their revenue off it already? Yeah. Oh, there's the B word. Yeah. <laughs> Two, yeah, $2.78 billion. That's the record. Disney. God. They ended up winning three Oscars for that Avatar movie, so James Cameron knows what he's doing. Anyways, I think uh, they can afford the five hundred million. Yeah, if yeah, if you knew, if you could come up with five hundred million dollars because you knew you're going to get a return of two point seven billion. <laughs> oh, now, I think the I think the budget for the movie though was about two hundred seventy eight million. So, um, yeah. Well, the movie was a totally different. I mean, that that made a billion dollars. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. If it, this park, this park is going to blow your mind. If you just google world of avatar the pictures of it i remember avatar was still in theaters a year after it was released 
Hmm. It was a full year, and I, I and I went too. and I was like, "Oh my god, they still have <laughs> Avatar here." They had one theater running it. Mm. Of course, it was in 3D, but I was like, "It was still raking." I mean, it was just yeah, because that's just how raking. that's how those things work. When people stop coming and the ticket sales drop, then it pulls for and, sure. Yeah, but if people are still paying to come, they're going to sell them fifteen dollars tickets all topic. day. I didn't get to see it in theaters. I actually saw it when it came out on DVD. I wish I saw it in theaters. I probably would have ended up paying for three times for it, though. I think I saw it twice in theaters. I never saw it. Really? I've never seen it. Oh. It's a good movie. It's Check probably it decent I to will... watch without yeah. the 3D, but the 3D is where it's at. Yeah. I'd agree. Um, but that brings I think my me... thing was I didn't catch it in the theater, and I didn't want to try to watch it at mm-hmm. home in 3D. So I was just kind of... Ah. You got to make time for it, to be honest. It's not a... It's not a quick movie. I just thought I missed out on my Avatar chance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when your kids are a little older, they'll want to watch it with yeah, you or maybe. Because it'll just be a cool movie or Might something. Freak them out. Anyways, they're adding some pretty cool stuff to the park. I don't know. You've been to Disney, David. So you've been on a lot of the rides there. Um, but it's bound to have two new rides that they've built, including what I'm talking about as well. Audio animatronics. I believe I said that right. That yeah. sounds like the right word. Audio animatronics. Um, pretty much have you ever seen anything Walt Disney has created that probably involves that. Um, and it actually happened back when he goes on a trip with his daughters and wife to Europe. And You're talking about Walt Disney? Yeah, Walt Disney. Okay, okay. He... It's back in the 50s, or I think, yeah, back in the 50s, he goes on this trip to Europe and happens to buy his daughters tons of different toys because he's just that man. He can do that. And when he brings them back, they're different mechanical toys that you can wind up, and then they start moving. And apparently this is what gives him the idea of bringing different figures to life. So his mind goes in tons of different places with this because that's just the man he was. Um, He ends up creating this project with a couple other people to um, put what they call Project Little Man together where they literally have a vaudeville actor um, next to this figure and pretty much has the they pretty much have the figure emulating everything that the actor does. Um, oh, like with a bunch of like wires or something attached yeah. to him? Oh, yeah. okay. They're trying Gosh. to put it all together. They end up putting a pause for a little bit because, you know, Walt Disney has to work on making Disneyland. Um, so he made that happen. But then when they bring the project back up, Disney is trying to find people interested in it. So he goes ahead and he has... Um, he has tons of different ideas. One of his ideas is to have a couple different figures, one representing Confucius and have other figures kind of asking Confucius questions. And then Confucius will, <laughs> Confucius say, oh, <laughs> Confucius will answer them. And then, um, another one of his projects is Abraham Lincoln, but he ends up doing, um, he ends up bringing one of the projects to the New York world fair. In 19, I believe it's 1964. 
And from that point on, it just takes off. Hmm. Ends up taking over a lot of his parks. So when you go to a Disney park, you'll, you are bound to go on at least five different audio animatronic rides. Oh, yeah. Um, like how Pir- that relates. Like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. That's Pirates probably the, the most famous one. Um, it's a small world. Everyone's probably heard about that one. Uh, one of my favorites is called Spaceship Earth, and that's the first one you go to when you go to Epcot. You remember that, David? Is is that the one with the big circle? Yeah. And you take a drive-in yeah, or go, a car? Yeah. All of them, pretty much, you sit down. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know which one in that? In that uh, it, I think it's in Epcot. Is the the shuttle launch ride where it like simulates it like you're on a rocket taking off in a shuttle? Oh, Mission Earth or Mission Space. Oh yeah, my god, is that that ride? Yeah, makes that's you sick. Amazing. Those Epcot rides are crazy. Dude, yeah, that that one, me and like me and my wife went on our honeymoon to Disney World, yeah. and we we're like avid roller coaster riders. Really, like no problems with motion sickness or whatever. Like roller coasters, we'll wear them out. We went and rode that ride. And we got off. We were like, oh, my God, I seriously think I'm going to throw I literally don't think I can hold it. Yeah, there's them. actual G-Force. And I'd like to know how oh, much and then G-Force and then it is. makes you it makes you feel weightless at the end, yeah. like you at when you get up into space. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then when that happened, I was just like, oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, please let this ride end. Please so how, let this ride end. How similar <laughs> do you think that is to, like, um, like the way I felt on the airplane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how similar do you think that is to uh, astronauts training? It's probably similar, just the G-forces are probably toned oh, way down yeah. because it's a ride, not real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because that dude, yeah, like, they hit, like, nine Gs and stuff like that in an exit velocity. So, I mean, yeah. Incredible. They definitely wasn't putting no nine Gs. They'd be <laughs> killing people. Yeah. Like, you got to be a trained professional to take that kind of G-force. But it was, it was still heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt, it was definitely, you felt like you were taking off in a rocket. Like, just. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, they've added, they've added now a new audio animatronic ride to, um, this world of avatar, which is now out, um, takes you down the river of Navu or Navi. I guess that's the name of the people. The Navi or the people. Navi. Yeah. So it's supposed to take you down one of their rivers and, um, there's glowy stuff. Very glowy. (laughs) Luminous is how they describe it, but definitely check it out and. If you've never been on any ride of theirs, you have to go on at least one because they're incredible. If you're going to pay the money to go to Disney, you better damn ride all the rides. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my topic. I'm very excited about Pandora, and hopefully next time I go to Disney, that's the place I can stop by. Heck yeah, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, in summation, what you're saying is Pandora... And all the cool animatronic things at Disney would not exist, most likely, if Walt Disney hadn't gone to get his girl a little clappy It would have taken a toy. longer time. It would have taken a longer time. I think that's what inspired Or somebody him. else would have beat him to it. That's yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. Like he probably would have. That little clapper toy that his daughter got from Europe made yeah. Disney World. <laughs> yeah, because if I, may, if I were to list off to you all the rides that involve audio animatronics and we were to just wipe them out it wouldn't be disney yeah i mean think about all the cool things in history that were found by accident from medicines to yeah inventions and machines and how things work i mean (laughs) 
Sumerians might have found out the wheel by accident, you know? Maybe. They saw a rock rolling down the hill and said, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try to control that. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm going to throw a Buick on top of that, and, and it'll work. <laughs> yeah, they had, like, legit, like, carts. Like, you know, like a little buggy. They could use a donkey to pull it. Like, yeah, I oh, well, I believe it. They had pyramids. I wonder if they made rules in their city though about drinking and riding drinking, a cart, drinking and carting. <laughs> Dude, no, I'm drinking I'm, and uh, I'm building a pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes, yes, and no, and like, dude, pick something. And I'm sure a, you got stabbed in the heart in front of everybody. It was probably that kind like, of like literally those clay towels. The, wa- said the wage have, of sin is death thousands of like they literally have just people's personal stories and journals and things like that that are just by the thousands mm. like the you can really like just hmm, put yourself there like they it just that was like one of the things that they were able to figure out with like the uh um the rosetta stone the rosetta stone if i'm not mistaken had cuneiform ancient egyptian and hieroglyphs on it whoa whoa there's cuneiform on rosetta stone yeah, <laughs> not like the Rosetta Stone. You can learn. Like I'm talking about Spanish the with. Rosetta Stone, not the software. The reason they named the software Rosetta Stone is after the actual Rosetta Stone. It's which the, had, it's the it tablet multicultural, multilingual. Gotcha. It's the tablet that they because Sumerian was easily translated, and then they had ancient Egyptian on there, which is like kind of hieroglyphs, but not. Yeah. And then full-on hieroglyphs on there, too. So they were able to actually literally go boom, boom, boom. And that was when we learned how to do hieroglyphs like it perfectly. was because of the Rosetta Very Stone. Cool. But it had cuneiform on it, which was neat. Yeah, that's... I was hoping to go home and learn cuneiform. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can put it together. And you can go look up some old diaries that are like seven, 8,000 years yeah. old. You could probably go home and learn cuneiform. It would take you a while. But I guarantee you there's something online that will teach you how to do it. Yep. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for that. <laughs> yeah. I was right. two top. Now three top. <laughs> yeah. All right. So mine, uh, I'm glad we saved this for last because we could have brought this up first, honestly, and have you heard. Um, you ever heard the name Eldrick Taunt Woods? Have you heard of I him? I have never. I do not know who this person is. Tiger Woods. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that, David. Did not know that was a variation of his name. Eldrick Taunt Woods is his legal name. That's what he was born with. Anyways, so <laughs> a, a recent thing that happened, he was arrested on DUI. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. this this just recently happened. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm fascinated with, one, Tiger Woods as the athlete. Tiger Woods' rise to stardom. And then his ultimate fall from grace in the last, I don't know, six, seven years Mm. that have happened. So I'm just going to kind of give some highlights. Um, Who Tiger Woods was, I'm sure that most everyone listening at least knows the name, whether you're a fan of golf or not, which is rather amazing. Yeah. Because can you name any, if you're not a fan of golf, can you name any other golfer other than Tiger Woods? It's just kind of an example of what I'm talking about. This guy's was an absolute rock star with worldwide fame and he played golf. Um it kind of and it was merely because of his dominance. Um and I'll kind of give some examples of that uh with kind of some of his achievements. So he went to uh college at Stanford. He didn't graduate because he was such a badass in golf that he didn't need to stay around for that long before he could start making serious money. Um he turned pro um in nineteen ninety six 
at age 20. In the summer of 1996, he turns pro, okay? By June of 1997, he's ranked number one in the world already. Wow. So this is just straight, absolute dominance. Um, he signed with Nike and with Titleist within his first year of being a professional. He won PGA Rookie of the Year. Um, so that kind of got him that. Uh, that made him the next face of global sports. Uh, Michael Jordan obviously came through um, with the Just Do It Nike campaign and um, Be Like Mike type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiger Woods. I could be like Mike. Man, Tiger Woods had this uh, super wholesome image, you know, came from a good family, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. It, so what Tiger Woods stood for not only was dominant athlete, but a whole lot more than that. Yeah. And it just kind of adds to the whole fall from grace thing that, you know, I'm going to get to. But so anyway, <clears throat> literally rock star. Every one of his competitors feared him. Like, I can't think of another athlete that I would compare to him as far as the way that he is viewed by his peers. Well, especially when they would tee off together. It wasn't just that Tiger would be in the hunt with them. If you actually had the same tee time with Tiger, that was detrimental. I mean, if... On a, going into a Sunday, if he was within two shots of you, you were pissing your pants yeah. on the number one tee box because you knew it was over. Like, you knew it was it You was don't want to get into sudden death with him, man. And there's, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's that that happened in any other, in some other sports that just aren't on the top of my mind right now. But the level of dominance that he had is un, unbelievable. Um, from 2000 and, I gosh, from 2000 where are my notes here um two different times that he was the world ranking number one player in the world 264 weeks from 1999 to 2004 and 281 weeks from 2005 to 2010 he had a very short break in 2000 between 2004 and 2005 where he just didn't play very well (laughs) (laughs) you know but um we're talking overall 79 wins on the PGA Tour, 106 wins as a pro, 11-time Tour Player of the Year, 11-time. My goodness. Leading money winner 10 times, um, one, has won 14 major ch- uh, championships. So we're talking the Masters, the U.S. Open. Um, gosh, I'm blanking on the others. Uh, the uh, British Open and uh, the PGA Championship. So those are going to be the four majors, and he's won 14 of those. Second all-time only to Jack Nicklaus. Um, went one stretch in 2000 where he won six straight tournaments, six straight money tournaments, and that hadn't been done since 1948. Um, the year 2000, he won nine out of 20 events that he entered. Almost half of the events that he entered, he won. So talk about everyone fearing him and feeling like they didn't have a chance. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, and golf is a sport where there's one guy and there's a hundred other people that he's mm-hmm. playing against, and he's winning every other one against all these. It's just unmatched, unmatched. So yeah, it doesn't mean he didn't get second or third place. 
in those tournaments. Right. And the, <laughs> that the, just means he didn't win it. That's funny. Look those up because the couple that he did lose, he did place in the top five. Of course so he did. So it was just amazing. He would have to storm back and maybe he didn't come back far enough. If you ever beat Tiger Woods, you didn't beat him. He beat himself. So that's that's just kind of the way it was. And then 2008 came. He had his first surgery on his knee. Um, he actually was able to battle through that and win his most iconic championship, I think, was that Man. 2008 U.S. Open where he played basically on one leg, um, and he beat Rocco Mediate in that. And um, even people that aren't golf fans can picture Tiger Woods with his red polo and his yeah. and his fist pump. Um, oh, yeah, the iconic that, victory. You know, that was definitely – Rocco Mediate was the one that played against him, and he – just two months after a torn knee and he ended up having surgery right after shortly after that win said he's just not human you know being able to do that on one leg out here uh it's just not fair that we're having to go against one of the best games i've ever seen like jordan with the flu man the flu game there you go um some of them are different maybe they're aliens but anyway um so that was in 2008 he he's claimed that as his favorite championship so that was almost like his apex Right after all the great things that I mentioned, 2008 that U.S. Open was like his moment, mm-hmm. you know. Then late in the year 2009, his wife tried to chop his head off with a nine iron because she found out that he had been doing some things that he shouldn't have been doing the whole time he was living this rock star lifestyle. Yep, um, remember that? Gosh, it was around Christmas or shortly after Thanksgiving, yeah, right? Okay. But it was sometime yeah. at the end of the year in 2009. Yeah that Elon came public and just just went after him. I'm not going to say went crazy. She obviously had good reason to start doing what she was doing. I'm not going to say attempted murder, but she was going to teach him a lesson. Um, so that happened. Uh, he was dropped by many of his sponsors. Uh, his coach, Hank Haney, the, the famous Hank Haney, you know that was his swing coach and the guy that kind of taught him what he you know needed to know discipline wise and mm-hmm. kept Tiger sharp and kept him on his game left him so ever since all the stuff with Elon went down and he became public with all of his crazy private life um he didn't have a swing coach when he tried to make all these crazy comebacks and he just wasn't the same every one of his comeback attempts were failed and it's just super disappointing nowadays to even think about tiger coming back because i remember i mean i graduated high school in the year 2000 so i was a senior in high school when he was doing this nine out of 20 tournaments all over the news i couldn't turn on sports center without having to watch something tiger woods you know so super disappointing for me to see that that knee injury is kind of what started that nagging. He won that U S open and then that nagging knee injury made him have a secondary surgery. Hindsight being 2020, maybe he got into pills after that, or maybe I don't want to say got into pills. That's harsh, but maybe he had some type of um, dependence on his medication because of all the surgeries he was going to have to have or because of all the constant pain he was in. So you're leading that up to today. Nine years later, it leads to today, <clears throat> yesterday, where he's arre- he's arrested for DUI, uh, asleep at the wheel. Hmm. And uh, when the r- reports first come out, you see his mugshot. You're thinking that dude. When he was arrested by the cops, he was he was speaking Mandarin, like <laughs> he was not talking English to those guys. Like look at his face. He mm-hmm. he looks just schmammered, you know 
whole new. He he looks skirt. <laughs> is what he looked. He so anyway, not lit though. No, <laughs> no. man, ne- next level. And he come out with a statement that said that it was a reaction that he had to some medication he'd been yeah. taking because he shortly mm-hmm. had he had surgery shortly ago. So I guess quick question I have for you guys because I heard some people like immediately switch their tone on the way they viewed him when they heard that it was a reaction to medication as opposed to thinking he was mean, at a bar. That tone? They like, oh, it's okay. Not necessarily. Oh, it's okay, but I understand it more. Uh what sort of reaction to your medication could you have? Like, if you're boozing it and taking medicine, most of them say don't take with alcohol because it could. Hasn't they? Mess and you they up. also say don't operate heavy machinery. Of course they yeah. do. So it's like that's not really an excuse. It's just like. Like, bro, you were drinking and driving, you fell asleep at the wheel, and you also were had pain medicine or whatever. You know what it sounds like to me is that he's got a smart PR person. Exactly. That like, said, we're going to take the lesser of two evils here, and we're going to spin it as this because we're going to get received better for it. Yeah. All we got to do is blame it on your prescription pills. Blame it on the doctor. It's the doctor's fault. The doctor gave it to you. It's not your fault. Yeah, that's how those sorts of things go. I, I think it's sad. I think it's even even... In my opinion, it's even worse. Um, you know, the, the pill and opioid epidemic that's going on in the country, for anyone even to think about downplaying driving under the influence of, sure. of a bunch of painkillers versus driving under the influence of alcohol or driving under the influence of anything like that, um, you just can't. I, for me personally, it kind of kind of makes me angry. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the same. It's the yeah. same thing. Why is it not viewed as the same? Why is Tiger Woods going to get a pass because he can make up the fact that he had some reaction to some medicine? He can literally lie about that, and we have to take him for his word. Mm-hmm. He can have the medicine in his system, but so anyway, it's sounds frustrating. Like, sounds like a better evil to the public. So they'll take, I guess they'll take pills over him having a couple beers down the road for sure, which. I totally understand, I guess. I Because there's a lot more people yeah. that can sympathize with a lot going to the doctor and getting, getting a prescription a for some anti-inflammatories yeah. or for something and then driving. Yeah. Taking a couple and then driving. And they can sympathize with that more so than and, – and I guess, I don't know, rationalize it in their mind more so than they can yeah. driving home drunk. You're you're a bigger tiger, tiger fan than me, but I I probably love him just as much as you. If that makes sense to you, I I hate seeing stuff like this. I really want him to come back, and I after seeing his apology on TV and seeing him try to get back into the swing of things, no pun intended. I would really like to see him win just one more time. I don't think it's and coming, man. Tiger, he's it's not he's not Tiger. Like he one still th- one is. thing that I always thought about when he came crashing down, man. Like he didn't he didn't have his edge anymore. But wait, it's golf. But it's also it's a sport against yourself, and he doesn't have his edge anymore. Well, I thought the same thing about Ernie Els a couple of years ago, and didn't he just? I I don't think it's been so long since he won a. Um, it's the, been a while. Not the Masters, but um. Yeah, I mean, there's I a lot of old dudes out. that play golf. He could still play 
Call. I'm, I'm but thinking also, if you're win. even thinking about comparing Tiger to Ernie Els, that's where the problem lies. Like, and, that, in, and that's where the problem lies in Tiger's head. There is no other Tiger Woods. There is, there should be no comparison. And confidence is a hell of a drug, man. And when you don't have it, it's a hell of an anti-drug. And golf is one of those things that confidence can override skill. And I just, I know that you can overthink it in golf. And when you have the confidence that you're going to just grip it and rip it, then you don't have to think about it. I'm not saying he's going to be consistent again. He's not, he's he's not, not going to be anything like Rory is right now or Jason Day is right now. But I'm saying I think the maybe, hook. Not, maybe not a major. Maybe not a major. But I think he can win one more on the PGA Tour. The hookers and the secrets was his edge. All of, all that secret private life that he had was the chip on his shoulder that kept him sharp. Like he had something. Like there's something weird about every great member in history there's always something odd about either their personality their mannerisms the way they conducted themselves some idiosyncrasies that they have Mm. or some flat-out obsession that they have that's just flat-out creepy but if you try to think of any great person in history and then look up and see what kind of weird thing super weird thing that there is about them and tiger woods is is no exception absolutely no exception he was a sex addicted guy, absolutely addicted to it. Would any? I mean, hell, he slept with a fucking waitress at uh, Waffle House hmm. or Denny's or something. Tiger Woods could get any woman that he wanted. Just wanted the waitress at Waffle House. He, he got the one he wanted. Apparently. So I mean, anyway, it's just for me, it was a total. That mugshot was kind of one of those things. I think about other mugshots I've seen, O.J. Simpson or other people's mugshots, where I'm like, man, that like sums up the entire fall from grace, mm-hmm. all of it. And Tigers was that was a bad picture, man. Bad picture. Yeah, I keep coming back around too. And it's coming from big, big fan. I was not a golf fan at all before tiger woods i didn't even play golf when i watched him golf that's how much of a well i remember polarizing person i remember my dad talking about tiger so much and just the simple thing about a fist pump what we were talking about what you're talking about earlier how that probably wasn't the classiest thing to do oh, on the golf no. course at all but you see tiger do it and now when you watch if you were to watch golf on tv today Let's just say you turn on and um, PGA Tour is on. You can see people react close to that. But it used to be that you weren't allowed to react that way at all. Oh, no. That's gentlemen. why we talk about That's why we talk about golfers clap and everything mm-hmm. like that. But Gentleman's game. He, yeah, and it's because of Tiger Woods that these guys can make $2 million to $5 million for winning a, a purse, winning first place in a tournament. Yeah. When Tiger Woods was winning those tournaments I was rattle, rattling off, his pocket was like five hundred thousand for this one, eight hundred thousand for that one. Sounds like a lot of money, but that's what seventeenth place gets today. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's because of him that golf is what it is, and it's sad that he is what he is right now. And it was just man, I I can't give up on him. What a fall! I from, can't. What a fall! I from. think he's gonna win. Again. I'm not gonna give up on him. He ain't ever gonna win another major. I know you. Yeah. I know you'll like to see him win. Ain't going to do it. 
ain't gonna do it. Ain't gonna do it. That's a good three top. But, ladies and gentlemen, I, I I think that was three top. You know? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're gonna catch you on the next episode. Hopefully, episode eight's a whole lot of fun. We're gonna be giving you just a little preview here. Bonnaroo coming up. Check us on the next one, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Do us a favor and go to your Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases. Like us at The Big Red Van Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Big Red Van Pod. And as always, you can just send us an old fashioned email at The Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and it means the world. Just share us with a friend. Cause I'm a lyrical poet Miami's on the scene In case you didn't know it My town That created all the bass sound Another shake kick holes in the ground Cause my style's like a chemical spiel Keeps my rhymes like confusion and feel Conducted and formed It's a hell of a concept We make it hype And you wanna step with this Shake heads on a fade Slice like a ninja Cut like yeah, a razor blade yeah. So fast Other DJs say Damn if my rhyme was a drug I'd sell it by the gram Keep my composure When it's time to get loose Magnetized by the mic While I kick my juice If there was a problem Yo I'll solve it Check out the hook While Hayden revolves it Yeah Let's go hard Yo Let's get out of here Word to your mother